The thrill and excitement of March Mania is here, and DraftKings Sportsbook, one of America's top-rated sportsbook apps, is giving new customers a shot to turn 5 bucks into $150 instantly in bonus bets with any college basketball bet. You can find all the lines and available odds, of course, at the DraftKings Sportsbook app. North Carolina listeners, don't forget, DraftKings Sportsbook is now live in your state. Download the DraftKings Sportsbook app and use code SBNFL. New customers can bet 5 bucks to get $150 instantly in bonus bonus bets only at DraftKings Sportsbook with code SBNFL. The crown is yours. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or in West Virginia, visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 8778-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY. In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly on behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See dkng.com slash bball for eligibility, deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. Welcome back to Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. My name is Matt Warren. I'm the editor-in-chief at buffalorumblings.com and your podcast host. Today we'll get into the Buffalo Bills victory over the Detroit Lions. Uh, a lot of Bills fans are still looking forward to the offseason and kind of some of the big changes that are that are happening or going to happen to the Buffalo Bills this offseason under general manager Brandon Bean and head coach Sean McDermott. If you want to get in touch with the show to hear your question on the air, you can send us a, a voicemail at 716-508-0405. You can record your question on your cell phone and email it to us at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can send us a tweet at our Twitter handle at rumblings Q and a with the word and spelled out right in the middle of it. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm a little bit under the weather right now and maybe you can hear that and maybe you can't, uh, but we're going to get through it anyway. Again, the voicemail box number is 716-508-0405. Make sure you call in with your questions as we continue into the end of the 2018 regular season and into the 2019 off season. Before we get into the questions, I wanted to talk about the game over the Lions just a little bit. It was um, refreshing that the Bills were able to pull out a late win instead of losing it late to the Lions this week. Uh, they did that the last two weeks against the New York Jets and the Miami Dolphins before that, where they couldn't put it away at the end. So I'm glad they were able to do it this week. The offense is still a little bit behind the defense. The defense is allowing you know, less than 20 points are fewer than 20 points each game. And, you know, the Bills offense isn't scoring that much. So that's a problem. But I think the offense is trending in the right direction. And with some changes that I'm sure we'll get into in the podcast a little bit later today, you can start to see how the offense is going to be able to turn it around moving forward. The penalties were down, which was very encouraging, at least for almost everybody except for Deion Dawkins. 
The special teams didn't have any backbreaking mistakes and instead took advantage of a few mistakes from the Detroit Lions to eventually win the game. Uh, Josh Allen and Sean McDermott picked up a first down on a late fourth and one uh, QB sneak, which was refreshing to see them have the trust to put it into Allen's hands to win the game at that point. Not something we've really seen from Sean McDermott to this point. And even with Josh Allen throwing the ball down the stretch with four minutes left or, or three minutes left, they were able to trust him enough to actually put it in his hands to win the game. And they did it. And there's not a whole lot you can argue with that. Obviously, the outcome was correct. But also, we were able to see Allen make good decisions, be safe with the ball, at least at the end of the game, and be careful enough to run out the clock even without a running back other than Keith Keith Ford, who uh, had played a lot in that game. So trying to put it in his hands at the very end of the game when he was probably gassed probably would have been a bad idea. And maybe that's why they put the trust in Josh Allen. But either way, it was uh, refreshing to see them be able to close out the game against the Detroit Lions. I did share a bunch more of my thoughts on the Believe podcast, which is on a different podcast channel. You can just go and search for Believe, B-I-L-L-I-E-V-E. I sat in for Anthony Marino as the co-host of that show this week. So you should go give the Believe podcast a follow and download that, that episode for even more of my thoughts about Robert Foster, Allen, the offensive line, and, and things like that. This week's question I'm getting a lot has to do with Robert Foster, who's had kind of a breakout few games for the Buffalo Bills since being pulled back up onto the active roster. Um, And Josh Allen coming back from his injury. Robert Foster has been very good and has developed clearly a relationship with Josh Allen in the passing game. But the question we're getting about him isn't really about that. It's more about can he sustain it? Can he grow into that number one receiver, that receiver that you know, nobody can cover or, you know, that's the clutch go-to guy on every single passing down when he's double covered. And I personally don't think that Robert Foster is going to get to that level. I think Foster is going to be a very good complimentary piece for them going forward. He can certainly take the top off of defense and do the kind of the longer developing routes. He can do comebacks and things like that, but he really is going to have to define the rest of his route running if he wants to become more than that, I don't know, that deep receiver. Because as soon as teams start to game plan against him and put two guys on him, one underneath and one over the top, he's going to be a little bit more limited. So he really has to develop the rest of his route tree to be able to exploit uh, mismatches in the defense. And of course, the Bills are going to have to add a couple pieces to the receiving core. I, I think ideally Foster is your number three guy going forward. Maybe not the slot receiver, but your number three guy. And you know, if, if he can develop into, say, a number two receiver for you, I think that would be, you know, pretty remarkable for an undrafted free agent. There aren't a ton of those number one receivers out there, guys that are open even when they're covered. And I don't think there's any in the 2019 NFL draft that the Bills uh, would, would think about taking as that guy that can be, you know, the, the guy for the next decade, like an A.J. Green or... Uh, Julio Jones or or Larry Fitzgerald or something like that. So 
maybe they just, you know, develop the rest of the wide receiver core around, you know, having a bunch of guys that can play all over the field and having three or four guys that are number two receivers or, um, it's hard to say number one, number two receiver because they do different things, but, but having say a multitude of receiving options, a, a, t- a pass catching tight end, uh, you know, Zay Jones, Robert Foster, and one more guy that can, can split out and, and get the ball in space and do things with it. Maybe not have that one guy that can do everything. Maybe have a bunch of guys that can do a couple things. And I think maybe that's the future of Robert Foster and the rest of the Bills wide receiver core as it looks right now heading into the 2019 season. Let's just look back at some of Foster's stats over the last month or, well, five weeks. And I guess you can see why, you know, he's garnering so much attention. He's gone over 100 yards three times and had a 94-yard game on top of that. So he's been over 90 yards four of the five games. He's had 19 receptions. 17 in the last five weeks he's had two touchdowns and just you know over 20 yards per target three times just having a really solid um run here and on top of that he had that big pass interference call that led to bill's first touchdown he's obviously going to start getting some more attention from defenses and it'll be interesting to see how he responds to that um we obviously saw him be able to respond to getting caught and then being brought back on the roster. But what's he going to look like going into the offseason? What's he going to look like else? Um, is he going to be able to to really contribute going forward? And I think he can. I think he will. So we'll see around. It's just a matter of how he responds to kind of all of these accolades that he hasn't had really since high school. We're getting a lot. Hey, Fresh Football Takes here calling from North Carolina, formerly known as Anthony. Just a quick question about Josh Allen. I was wondering if he has shown Bill's Mafia enough over the course of this season so far for them to believe he's their guy for the next 10 to 15 years. Thanks so much. Thanks for the question, Fresh Football Takes uh, from Twitter. Um I don't think any quarterback show enough in the number of games that Josh Allen has played to be considered, you know, the quarterback for the next 10 years or 15 years. He's only played in 10 games. Um, his completion percentage is 52.2%, which I know is a flawed statistic with what they're asking him to do and the cast of characters they're asking him to do it with. But 1,600 yards in 10 games, 6.5 yards per attempt, six touchdowns, nine interceptions. I mean, he certainly helped my fantasy team this last weekend. I picked him up after the Carson Wentz injury and put him in uh, to my starting lineup for my fantasy football semifinals. And uh, he's been doing great, especially with his legs. He's been a great runner um, and a good leader for the offense. He's doing what they've asked him to do. That doesn't mean I'm necessarily going to sit here and say, yeah, for the next 10 years, the Bills are set at quarterback, because I don't think that's necessarily the case. I think he's shown a lot of grit. He's shown the ability to push the ball down the field. He's shown the ability to take what the defense gets him as far as running the ball or taking the pass. He's he's shown a better ability to diagnose the defense than I anticipated. Uh, he's certainly shown very good signs in his first 10 starts, especially in the last five. 
since he came back from injury or last four since he came back from injury. Um, and, and I'm encouraged of course, but I, I don't think anybody can sit here and say that he's definitely going to be, you know, the answer for that long. Um, you know, 163 passing yards per game isn't going to get it done in the NFL. Not to mention the fact that the Bills haven't really scored that many points in the last few weeks, even though they've come away with some wins and some close losses. So until they're consistently putting up 20-something points a game, I think it's hard to even say that, that Allen's playing really well. Um, he's Like I said, he's playing better than I think several of us anticipated, but you know, they, they've scored 14 points, 23 points, and 17 points in the last three weeks and 24 the week before. Uh, they haven't scored more than 27 points with Allen at the helm. And that was against the Vikings when they had what, two or three short fields because of turnovers from Minnesota. So he's, he's got to put more points on the board than that as the starting quarterback of the Buffalo bills. And I'm certain that he can do that. They just haven't done that yet. And maybe because of the supporting cast or whatever, but it's, it's, it's definitely not enough for me to say that he's, the answer. Thanks for the question. Hi, my name is Emmett from Rochester, and I was wondering if the Bills pursue Le'Veon Bell in free agency, or if Kareem Hunt is an option at all, given the state of running backs for the Bills. And do we keep Matt Barkley? Is that a thing? Thanks for the question, Emmett. I'll start with Barkley first. I do think that the Bills will want to keep Matt Barkley around into the future. Uh, He's an unrestricted free agent, so they'll have to offer him a contract. But the deal he signed with the Bengals last offseason was only worth $1.4 or something like that million in 2018. So it's going to be too difficult for the Bills to re-sign him uh, and keep him under contract, especially after how he's been since he since Josh Allen came on the sideline, there was that great video of him on the sideline when Josh Allen converted on fourth and one at the very end of the game to seal the And you can see Barkley in the background jumping up and down, super excited. And, and Sean McDermott was asked about that after the game and the piece of that process and, and the camaraderie and all the stuff that Sean McDermott is trying to do in that Bill's locker room. So he's been a good addition to the locker room by all accounts. And I can only see him veteran backup quarterback that they're looking for, but they are going to have to resign him. Uh, thanks for that question. And uh, we can kind of pivot now toward, toward your other question, which is about the running backs. Uh, it's clear that the bills are interested in having kind of a workhorse running back. They have LaShawn McCoy under contract for 2019 at nine point something million dollars. So it's still possible McCoy could be back um, and be a contributor to this team in 2019, especially because of his relationship with Josh Allen. He seems to have tried to take the rookie under his wing, and that could play into you know the, the concept moving forward. Uh, at the same time, the Bills could also choose to move on from McCoy and say, this is going to be Josh Allen's team and bring in one of those high-priced running backs that you were talking about, like Le'Veon Bell. I don't think Kareem Hunt's in the mix at all, but but like Le'Veon Bell. 
Um, but <laughs> the thing we just talked about with Matt Barkley, that team first stuff, the you know ability to, to pick up your teammates, even when you're not on the field, obviously Bell didn't do that with the Steelers this year. He doesn't really seem like a process guy to me, like a Sean McDermott and Brandon Bean type of guy. Um, and, and honestly, the Steelers have done better this year running the ball than they did last year with Bell. So it's, and they've scored more points. It's, um, it, it's a tough call because he's a good running back, but I don't think the bills are going to sink that much money into, into Bell when they don't think he's necessarily a team first guy. And a lot of his teammates in Pittsburgh turned on him pretty quickly after he did not report early in season in 2018. And then later and later and later as they were getting asked about it each week. I mean, you saw probably saw the video of, of his team, his teammates rifling through his locker when he failed to report. So I just don't see that kind of guy in Sean McDermott's locker room, but you know, you never know. Thanks for the question, Emmett. Thanks again to all the folks who have called and left us voicemails at 716-508-0405. Over the course of these first few weeks, we've been doing the podcast it would be pretty boring just hearing my voice the whole time. Our next question comes to us from Twitter at rumblings Q and a with the word and spelled out in the middle of it. Uh, Jeff asks us, should the bills target AJ green next year? This comes from the Ryan Talbot piece for New York upstate.com where he goes through what a nice bills offseason might look like. And it involves trading for AJ green, the Cincinnati Bengals, superstar wide receiver who's going to be 30 entering the last year of his contract. And if, if Marvin Lewis, Lewis gets fired there, the Bengals might be starting over from scratch and it'll be interesting to see what they do going forward. But I can't imagine that they would want to just like unload AJ green, who's one of the most talented receivers in the league still. Um, Talbot suggested that the Bills might be able to pry him away from the Bengals for a third-round pick. I think it's going to be significantly higher than that. I talked to the folks over at Cincy Jungle, the SB Nation Bengals blog, and they think it will be significantly higher than that to to pull Green away from the Bengals. And you know they just anticipate something getting done between Green and the Bengals. He's been there his entire career. Obviously, the Bengals traded up to get him uh, back in the day to help out Andy Dalton and. You know, they want him to stick around even through a coaching change if that actually does happen. So I don't think that Green will be available. I do think that you would trade a third round pick for him if you can get that deal. Uh, absolutely. Um, I would probably even trade a second round pick for him. Um, if we're talking about a first round pick, though, I probably wouldn't do that because you're going to have to give him, you know, a ton of money too to show up. So I just, I don't see it as a possibility, but that would be obviously an upgrade at the wide receiver position. Thanks for the Twitter question. Hi, my name is Miller Iwanowicz. I'm calling from Tucson, Arizona. 
My question is, will Brandon Bean and coach Sean McDermott work together for the 2019 NFL Draft? Also, are they thinking of possibly a trade down or trade up? Let me know. Thank you. Hi, Miller, and thanks for calling in and leaving your voicemail for us at 716-508-0405. Of course, I think Brandon Bean and Sean McDermott are definitely going to work together on this draft. They have did it last year. They've done it since Bean was hired as the hand-picked successor for general manager Doug Whaley. I do think trading down is a definite possibility. I do not see them trading up. I don't think there's anybody worth trading up for that the Bills have a position of a significant need at. Um, you know, Nick Bosa might be worth trading up for, but they don't really have that huge need at defensive end, but they do have needs all over the place. So if one of those top 10 prospects can fall to where the Bills are and Buffalo can trade back to say 15, 16, 17, somewhere in that range and pick up an extra second or third round pick that they can use on a starter or a significant role player for the 2019 season and beyond. I think that's definitely something that Bean and company will be, you know, champing at the bit for. Um, They might be able to pick up an offensive tackle in the middle of the round, a wide receiver in the middle of the round, a couple offensive linemen if they trade back, uh, even guys at cornerback or some of the other positions of need that they have, tight end. Um, so it's it's definitely in the Bills' favor to trade down and not trade up in the 2019 NFL Draft when most of the players in the top 10 are going to be defensive playmakers and maybe a couple quarterbacks, and the Bills don't need any of that right now. So it'll probably be stay put and draft best player available wherever they end up picking right around 10 or it'll be trade back into you know the 16 17 spot or even lower maybe if somebody really wants to trade up high and uh, pick up a few extra guys like they did with the Tredavious White deal a few years ago the only difference this year is that they aren't going to be trying to trade back up to get huge playmakers like Josh Allen and Tremaine Edmonds like they did last year they're trying to fill holes and having the most amount of picks for that is their best bet thanks again for the question we've got a bonus question from twitter today from ryan brock who asks us how do you we force more turnovers on defense Obviously, the Bills in 2017 lived off the turnovers. Uh, This year, they've been a little bit fewer and a little bit farther between. Part of that is luck. The ball bounces differently every year, and a lot of turnovers are the result of luck, whether a ball bounces up in the air off a tip pass and goes where one of your guys is, or if it goes harmlessly to the ground or something like that. They aren't getting quite as much pressure up front as they have in the last couple years, or in the last year, I should say. Uh, just because more, they're keeping in more blockers to deal with guys like Cherry Hughes and, and even Shaq Lawson and Trent Murphy, Lorenzo Alexander, things like that. And um, that's part of it. Uh, another part of it is there's no guy opposite Tredavious White that people are really afraid of. And just look at Levi Wallace 
he had two picks in his hands over the last few weeks and couldn't come down with the ball. The receiver came over the top of him and ripped it away both times, once against uh, the, tennis, or the Jacksonville Jaguars, excuse me, and then once again against the Detroit Lions this past weekend. So those are two picks that really should have been on the books, but they didn't get. Um, so a lot of it's luck and just kind of where the ball ends up. Matt Milano had a great year as far as that goes, and obviously he's out for the rest of the season, so he'll miss the last couple weeks. As long as the scheme keeps working, you know, they're holding teams under 20 points or under 24 points pretty regularly. So the rest of that stuff will come, but a lot of it's just the way that the ball bounces and regression to the mean. And so they had a high number of turnovers last year and a lower number of turnovers this year. Thanks for your question. That's going to be it for this week's episode of Buffalo Rumblings Q&A. It's going to be interesting to see what the Bills decide to do at right guard and right tackle, where Ike Butker and Kyle McDermott could get some time over these last couple games in place of John Miller and Jordan Mills, who we know aren't going to be here next year. If they're really worried about Josh Allen getting killed, then you probably won't see McDermott and Butker, but I don't think either of them did poor enough last week against the Lions to kind of be worried about that. They already started doing that at the tight end position where Charles Clay's snaps went from about 75% earlier in the year to down around 55% in the last few weeks as they're trying to get a better look at Jason Kroon. They, of course, also did that at the wide receiver position as they got rid of Kelvin Benjamin and Andre Holmes and now have six wide receivers on their roster who have just one or two years worth of NFL experience. Along the same lines, you can expect to see a little bit more from Keith Ford, the undrafted rookie free agent. Uh, Even if Chris Ivory and LaShawn McCoy come back this week against the New England Patriots, Ford will get some run, especially now that Marcus Murphy is on injured reserve. As always, if you have questions, you can call us at 716-508-0405 and leave a voicemail any time of the day. You can record your voice and email us at buffalorumblings at sbnation.com. You can send us a tweet at rumblings Q and A with the word and spelled out in the middle of that. Uh, you can just ask questions in the comments section at buffalorumblings.com too, uh, especially on the Buffalo Rumblings Q&A posts. You can also give us a follow on our social media channels on Twitter, Instagram, Snapchat, Facebook, and of course at the site buffalorumblings.com. We love interacting with our fans, and we'd love it if you join the conversation at any one of those spots. See you next week.